welcome back to the Dr. Body Mind Soul podcast. My name is Dr. Jude, and this is a podcast which explores how we can integrate modern medicine and alternative therapies to help you get the holistic health care that you deserve. I will be speaking to healers and seekers, researchers and authors who will share their experiences and the evidence to help guide us all to holistic health. Let's do this. Alex is a breathwork facilitator, trainer, and founder of Breathing Cold, which has trained more than 6,000 people in the power of the breath and ice baths. And I've just come off one of his retreats and wanted Alex to come on here and share his wealth of knowledge and experience of both these healing modalities. Because as I'm sure most of you are aware, they have an incredible impact on our body, minds, and souls. So welcome, Alex. Thank you for being here. I'm very honored and... um... So I'm very excited and honored that you invite me and there. I'm happy to speak about anything that you want to talk about. Well, that leads me very nicely into what I really want to talk about because I am fascinated by the science, um, the science of the breath, because there's a growing interest in breath work globally, um, but also internally in me. You know, I'm using it more and more. And so being in the retreat, I really learned... Can you please start by explaining how the breath impacts our health? Yeah, for that I need to, to come back to the um, autonomic nervous system, which is kind of giving us access to, uh, to the remote control to our emotions, remote control to our thoughts, remote, pretty much the remote control to our health. We always say, you know, if you're if you're stressed and anxious and all this difficulty with sleeping so it all comes down to how do you access the ans the automatic autonomic which is kind of automatic uh branch and of the nervous system and basically that's what the breath can get us to do through the breath and modifying consciously our breath we get to access the ans the autonomic nervous system and with that we can we can do anything. That's why I call it the Swiss army knife of life. So really spending a bit of time with our breath is the best thing we can do for our health. Um, yeah. And that's why those podcasts are so important because once you know better, you do, you breathe better. Knowledge is power. So having an understanding of, of, of that um, is pretty useful. Mm. So the breath is really one of the only kind of modalities that we have that are both under automatic control and also conscious control, which is really the beauty of the breath. And by consciously controlling the breath, we are then able to impact the messages that are sent to all of our organs via our parasympathetic nervous systems. And yes, this- ma'am, this is exactly it. And and this and I think there's a growing awareness about the importance of our parasympathetic nervous system on how uh, on on this state um, because really putting our bodies in this state consciously we are then able to put our bodies into the rest and digest and repair um, mode and this is so essential for healing both physically, mentally, emotionally. So can you give us some techniques? Because actually, as I'm getting more deep into breathwork, I've just found that there are so many different types of breathwork. And each different type of breathwork seems to have a different um, sort of proposed outcome. Can you explain what techniques we can use to actually access that parasympathetic nervous kind of system mode. Yeah, so for that, let's go with some really basic um, physiology 101. So we've got the main respiratory muscles are the, the diaphragm, that's the main one. And then we've got intercostals, that, that's the main, the primary respiratory muscles. Uh, if you are breathing through the nose, you're accessing and you're breathing through them. When you breathe through the mouth, 
you're more breathing from your accessory respiratory muscle, which would be your your upper part of, of the body. So we when we take an inhale, the diaphragm goes down and resting and moving with the diaphragm is the heart. And as you take an inhale, the heart now has more space and is sending neural messages to the brain so the brain can send more blood to process. So every time you have you take an inhale, your heart rate goes up. And when you take an exhale, all of a sudden the diaphragm goes up, there is less space in the heart, and your heart rate goes down. Which is um, you know, pretty intuitive. When there is a danger in the room, the natural thing to do is, you know, so we want we know that taking an inhale get us going is going to activate us. And when you're relaxed at the end of the day, ah. So anytime you take an inhale, you activate the sympathetic side branch of the nervous system. Every time you take an exhale, you activate the parasympathetic side branch of the nervous system. So we are constantly navigating between an activation and and a relaxation. So when it comes to techniques, what I find out there is everyone is kind of emphasizing the importance of their their technique. And, And maybe the most important thing I can tell you guys is to not believe that there is one side, one breath that answers everything. But having a basic understanding of the breath, then you can just understand why certain breathing techniques have certain effects. So basically, every breathing technique that emphasizes nose breathing, it's a small type, will get you to access the lower part of the of the lungs. And the mouth breathing will get you to access the upper part of the lungs. Every breathing technique that will emphasize exhale will be more getting you to relax. Every technique that will emphasize inhales or short breath or rapid breath will get you going. So that's really the, you know, the fundamentals. We could after that go into technical breathing techniques. But you know, every time you just take a few breaths, long breath, longer exhales that's going to get you to be a bit more conscious because most of us, most of the time, we just go, we just go, we just go without really being being conscious of our breath. And right now, everybody's breathing. You don't need me to tell you how to breathe. You You just breathe. But if I just tell you, hey, pay attention to your breath, now you can just be conscious of your breath. And truth is, as long as you spend time with your breath, you start to become conscious of your breath, you're going you're gonna to be just a bit more aware of what's going on. And that's another big word. I think a lot of people try to be happy. I think one of the aims in life is to have more awareness. Why am I doing what I'm doing? What's going on? So just the fact that you're listening to this podcast, that you are going to develop some kind of awareness of the breath is amazing. And it doesn't matter if you go for a Wim Hof breathing that's going to get you activated, some pranayama. Um, this is already advanced. You're already making space to be with yourself. You know, and I always I like to say that breath work is meditation for me. Meditation is really hard. You have to do nothing. So I love the breath for all that because you're going to be busy. You're going to be breathing which is what we want. We like to be busy. We're doing something. And as a result, um, we get to be more calm. Yeah, I mean, I really can resonate with that. I mean, normally I do 10 minutes. I mean, I say normally. Uh, I, I, I I go in and out of my practice, but I try most mornings to do 10 minutes of meditation. And the meditation for me is following my breath. So it's, I, I sort of, I just sit and, and follow the breath, but having done the breathing techniques, which again, lasted around 10 minutes in total, I definitely got into a deeper state of relaxation because I was so focused on the technique. So allowing me to focus on the breath in a very deliberate and sequenced way, I felt Um, I was less distracted by my thoughts because I was focused on the breath, which then allowed me to get into a deeper state of relaxation and actually a feeling of deep, deep calm, which I had never actually accessed in breath work or meditation before. So 
I'm actually going to start replacing my meditation with uh, with with 10 minutes of um, conscious breath. And because of that, because I want to really force my body into um, a deep state of parasympathetic activation to allow um, myself to uh, heal and repair, which is so important for our immune system and therefore overall health overall. So, yeah, you mentioned the technique. And I think that people may be curious around this modified Wim Hof. And maybe we start actually with describing the Wim Hof breath. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I learned, uh, the breath with Wim Hof. I went to, I, I'm not a certified trainer, but I went to his winter expedition, uh, loved, uh, the, the vibe, loved the energy of, of, of the man, of the group. Uh, there are three pillars to the Wim Hof method. And again, I'm not a certified trainer. Number one is the breath. And is the breath technique that involves some kind of a superventilation. So superventilation is an hyperventilation, but controlled. Hyperventilation being a passive, superventilation being active. So it's a connected breath for about a minute and a half, about 30, 30 breaths. That would be in the Wim Hof, followed by your retention after an exhale. That that would be, and and then after that, we we go we go again we have we there are some variations where you do a breath hold full full lungs and then you go for an for for a second round that's first pillar the second is the eyes which i also uh explore but i explore it also again very differently and that's why i'm also happy to not be set for an instructor because i work with addiction i work with trauma i i, I don't go for that's what i think is is the root cause of things uh and i think the the third pillar which in the wim hof method they would say the mindset i would say to be honest for me it's more having an amazing time and the level of connection that you get with the people that you that you connect with and you experienced it uh, as well in in, in our group i think that's a huge part of the wim hof method and it's definitely a huge part uh, of my approach, which is basically saying that, yes, we can self-regulate. Yes, we can learn tools to work on ourselves, but we are also connected to others and we love connection and transformation for me happens in community and using tools like authentic relating. And that's where I would go really further than uh, Wim Hof, I, I believe. And I really don't say that in an arrogant way. I happily explain it. And it doesn't come from a lack of, of respect or arrogance at all. It's really coming from um, my research and going into it and training in authentic relating and circling. And I believe that healing happens in community. So, yeah, I would say breath, the eyes, and authentic relating uh, or connection, which are three pillars that are in the Wim Hof method, that are in my method, but done with with twists and 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 the subtlety of the differences are, I think, what makes it very different. Um, and I don't think it's meant to be compared or it's just it's just different. Mm, mm. So there's the effect on, I'm really hearing there's the effect on the body. So really like focusing on the, the breath, super ventilating, activating that vagus nerve through the, the diaphragm, altering our biochemistry. And actually, our state of consciousness, and then, uh, and then we're looking. The, there's a pillar that focuses around the the mind, and a focus that really pillars on the soul as well, which is actually connecting us to our bliss and to community, which is really important. So, the Wim Hof method is thirty controlled breaths. Uh, breath hold and doing several rounds of that and you've modified it as I correct me if I'm wrong for super ventilation for five minutes um, uh, and ex a prolonged exhale and then a sharp inhale um, that is held for a minute is that right yeah if you want I can break it I can break it down so and explain why 
because it's, mm. it's 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 really cool and it's you know quite similar of the benefits of of of, of Wim Hof, but the differences are happy to explain. So first, we go for five minutes open mouth connected breath can be also through the nose, but the key word is connected. Um, naturally, when you breathe, there is a natural pause after the exhale that we normally do, and uh, we can also have an, a, a pause at the top of the inhale in some cases. And by the way, here is a really cool thing about the breath. Really, it's amazing. The breath is two things. It's a symptom and it's a cure. So when the way people breathe says a lot about what happened, it's an autobiography, and it's amazing. Are you struggling with an inhale? Are you more struggling with exhale? Is, you know, having awareness of that. Are you taking a breath hole at the top? Are you taking a breath hole? You know, all things, are you breathing from the upper part of the chest, which is uh, more prone to inducing stress? But again, without giving you, I, 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 people have always come to me and say, hey, Alex, I want to breathe better. Tell me what I can do and it, 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 tell me about it. I would say don't miss out on the diagnosis because you are having symptoms. And too often, and you come from the medical background, we are focusing on the symptoms and we are amazing in, in, in our ability to assess the symptoms, rid of the symptoms, cure the symptoms. I have a headache. I have pain somewhere. Okay, take this, and then the pain goes away. But I feel we're missing out on an opportunity to learn, oh, why do I have the symptoms? Why do I breathe this way? What it is telling me about my state? So having an idea and staying with a symptom before you jump into the, the answers for me is very, is very important, okay? So that's, uh, th that's a big, big, big takeaway. And one of the aspects of this, you know, five minutes connected breath is we are shutting down the prefrontal cortex, which is also the inhibition center. So all of a sudden, you're in a state where you don't really care what people think about what's going on. And that's pretty cool because you're going to be able to cry. And most people, me included, started with all that, I really struggled with crying, you know, and I would, you know, you always see people, you know, they stop. And then you know what they do when they start crying? They, they apologize because we've been so conditioned to know feel things. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be pretending anymore. And this is a really difficult place for a lot of people. So they just apologize for just being themselves, basically insane, right? So imagine starting the day like that, not with your phone, not with your partner, not with the kids, just connected with yourself. That's really what's so beautiful about the breath beyond the physiological changes, okay? Then after that, because we've changed the chemistry and we've lowered our CO2, we have now the ability to hold our breath for a long time, and you've experienced it. When you change your CO2 level, you delay the moment when you get the urge to breathe. That's the role of CO2. CO2 needs to be expelled. That's why we need to breathe. So by changing the chemistry, reducing the CO2, allows us to hold our breath for a long time. And that has tremendous physiological benefits but also, it's a pose. It's a space. You're not even breathing anymore. And when you are not breathing anymore, this is, this is a truly magical moment of pure presence. So you are really going to be all of a sudden, not in the future again, not in the past. You're going to be fully present. So you're going to be fully present. You're going to activate autophagy, uh, which is uh, the decluttering of the cells, which is absolutely fantastic. This is a key to longevity, to healing whatever is going on in the body. And, you know, the guy who figured that out got a Nobel Prize, Peter Radcliffe, is one of the three people who figured that out in 2018. So, you know, this is nothing's woo-woo yet. And that's pretty awesome. But for most people, they don't know how to access long breath hold. You know, we we we, we talked about it. How do you reduce the oxygenation in the body consciously? That's something, you know, as a medical doctor, you've experienced that, you know, can hold your breath. And for a long time, nothing's going to happen with your oxygen. But if you put an oximeter on your finger and there are tons of content, people can just check it on YouTube. People just doing the breath and measuring how they are reducing their oxygenation in the body just with, with that simple, simple technique. So it's pretty, 
it's pretty awesome at a physiological level what's happening. But for me, in essence, is I'm going to be spending 40 minutes if you do four rounds. If you just do one round, that's 10 minutes with myself. And that's all we need. It's all we need to stop the program, to stop running like crazy, says, I have to do this. I'm driven. Because, you know, we can go about it. If you are driven, if you want to achieve something, I promise you, again, I work with a lot of people, it's a healing process. You're trying to heal. And that's what motivates you. That's what drives you. That's why you want to succeed. And whatever you do, however you do it, the choice of relationship, the selection of your partner, unless you are conscious, unless you've done the work to understand what are your traumas, where you're coming from, and you're able to change the program, if you haven't done that, 99%, you're doing it with an unconscious bias with the intention of healing some kind of a trauma. That's true for the relationship. So I, that's true for the work you're doing. It's it, so so. Just for to finish, once you are developing these practices, you the, you're gonna have a more of an understanding of yourself. That's really what it's about. So it's, and not trying to change, not trying to be a better person, not trying just have awareness. Oh, here we go. And I've shared some very vulnerable things about me that are you know pretty shameful stuff, but at the end. What the breath and why, what I got out of all this is compassion for myself. Understanding, oh, here we go. That's why I do what I do. That's why I lie. I manipulate. You know, I'm trying to have more awareness when those behaviors come back and why I do it. And and you 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 were in my thing, so you know where they were coming from. And at the end, I can just laugh about it. Oh, here we go. There is there is this character. And so just to you- finish. Yeah, go ahead. But but what I'm really hearing you talk about is the subconscious, our subconscious minds. So what I'm really hearing you say is because the the breath is connecting us with our autonomic nervous systems, it's actually connecting us with our subconscious. And when we are spending time in our subconscious, we understand that that is the part of us that's driving our behaviors. And it's our behaviors in our day-to-day lives that form habits, that form patterns that are driving our choices. as huge choices as the choice of our partner, the choice of occupation that we're in. And it's so true that unless we become aware of the programs and the beliefs and the um that we've that we have um inherited from when we are zero to seven um unless we become aware of those there is no entry point there's no ability for us to change those patterns and we are able then to give ourselves choice and inner choice um not we we may we may want to continue doing the patterns that we've always done but we also may want to change them and so it's giving us quite an empowering um ability it's quite empowering when we are able to to step in observe become aware and then make a different choice so yeah, I think that I just I just think that that required a little bit of explanation because I think it's something like eighty percent of our lives are dictated by our subconscious, and when most of us are not aware that that is happening, we think that you know we think that uh, we have free will and that we are doing things um, from our own choices and values, and so often, in fact, we don't know what our choices and what our values are, and just keep on um, running on the hardware that we've been handed down um, from from our parents and grandparents and great grandparents as we're as we're learning more and more about inherited trauma that we have from from our ancestors. So. Yeah, I mean, this breathwork healing modality goes deep. I mean, yes, it 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 physio- physiologically alters 
um, our biochemistry and works physically um, to place us into that parasympathetic mode, which is rest and repair. And I'd actually love to discuss um, autophagy um, a little bit more because this is something I'd never heard of. And it's quite fascinating and it's inspiring me to go and read this paper by, did you say John Radcliffe? John Radcliffe, is that right? Mm -hmm. Did you say? Um, So... So, yeah, I mean, like there's there's that effect on the body, but there's also this effect on our minds and the power of presence, the power of presence. Um, and this presence allows us to create some time to connect with ourselves. Um, and this is very, as you say, precious. Um, and if we can actually build time in the day to do that, it can be a very empowering um, practice because we can suddenly make space for choice. Um, so that's incredibly important. And also bringing into this, the spirit, our souls, because what you said to us in the retreat at some point, which I really loved, and I think is a really important piece. And it's actually that relates to that third pillar of the Wim Hof method and your own method. But it's also this connection to self and our soul. So following our bliss, can you just tell the aud- our audience a little bit more about how you explained and what you explained about the importance of following our bliss? Because I truly believe that actually this is body, mind, soul alignment. And it is this for me that is the key to our health. Um, so, yeah, tell us, t- t- tell, tell this audience what you told us. Yeah. Um, so... For me, the key marker to health is joy. When you feel joy, when you're you're you feel happy, this is such a powerful and finishes, okay? It means everything is in balance, everything is in homeostasis. So seeking joy as a goal and cultivating joy as a goal is the gateway to health is the gateway to everything. What's amazing with uh, accessing the self, and I think the only quality that you, you you need is curiosity. And just to be like a child, like whenever something you're doing something, just to be observing it like a child without judgment, because we are really good at judging ourselves or feeling guilt or feeling shame. of, uh, And that's that's really not supporting our growth but more with curiosity and compassion. And says, oh, here we go again. This is that part of me, that's not me, that's part of me that is coming into play and is behaving in, in, in this way for me. It's a gateway to following, following your bliss. Once I have awareness of that and I can drop the judgment, then I can really go for the things that make me happy. And that's where, that's one of the practices I highly recommend, probably the only practice that I really encourage people to do every day is dancing, not breathing consciously, dancing. Because when you dance and if you, you know, you drop into the body, you drop into your femininity, regardless of your gender, and all of a sudden you follow your intuition, you drop into the, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I'm just, I'm just flowing. That creates ease in the body. And guess what? Ease, the opposite of ease is disease. And the more we go towards the ease and we follow our bliss, the less space there is for disease. So the, the, the secret of healing is not so much to focus on the negative, on what we want to change, which we often do. You know, oh, I have this disease. I'm focusing on that. But the more you spend time on the, on the positive, it's the same as education. You know, you want, you, it's well known now. You support what people do right and then they will always do only right. Well, address yourself the same way and focus on uh, the same when you focus on the things that make you happy. And all of a sudden, there will not be so much space for the thing that don't make you happy. So it requires... Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, it's just... It, 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 it sounds such a simple um, message, you know, follow your, follow your bliss, do what makes you happy, um, follow your joy. And yet I... It, it it is somewhat surprising and shocking that so many of us as adults are totally disconnected 
from from that to the point that I have to admit, like a few years ago, I honestly didn't know what made me happy. I I didn't know. I I was I was totally unaware of what made me happy because I had spent my childhood and going into my teenage years studying because mm. studying and achieving got me approval from my parents and so I decided that I would do whatever they wanted me to do which was playing the piano which was studying for my exams getting good grades getting into top universities um which left very little space for me to cultivate joy i didn't actually know in my late 20s what gave me joy because you know was it going out clubbing was it going out drinking those things had started to lose their shine um, at that age and so without those kind of um, experiences that I thought and maybe they did allow, give me joy at those times they'd lost their shine and I was left really wondering what do I love like what 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 do I love um and so it feels very it sounds very simple to say follow your joy but we're actually so disconnected from our joy because we have employed so many strategies as children that we take into adulthood um, that we can really be left not knowing even how to do that, let alone then cultivate a life um, as an adult which has joy at its core. Because then we start making all sorts of excuses. I can hear people listening to this going, I don't have time to follow my joy. I've got to get to work. I don't have time to follow my joy. Like joy, are you kidding? I've got to take my kids to school. I've got to, I've got obligations. I've got, I've got other things, but it's these, it's this chronic dissatisfaction with our lives that is leading us to disease. I completely agree with you. And it's because we're constantly betraying ourselves. It's because we're constantly living to other people's expectations that then we actually disconnect from our authentic self. And through that disconnection, we um, our, our bodies will say no at some point to wake us up. Um, and so many people wait until that point before actually enacting change. And this is actually by allowing ourselves to connect to our joy consciously. I think that is a really powerful and maybe very counterintuitive. And some people may say self-indulgent way to live your life. But actually, I do think it's the key to a truly um, healthy life. Yeah, I have a lot to respond to that. So the secret is, and the way to go about it, and that's the power of meditation and visualization, is it's not to rely on your environment and your reality to define how, who you are and how you feel and what's your identity and your personality, but to reverse engineer it and to craft that personality craft who I am. And now all of a sudden, my personality will create my personal reality. That's from jo Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I'm sure it's not from him, but I'm, I'm quoting here. So this idea of being happy and starting the day being happy with these mindfulness practices, breath work on the ice bath, which are ways to hack the machine. I'm happy because I produce dopamine. And dopamine gets me adrenaline as a precursor to adrenaline. And I'm producing other cannabinoid going into the ice bath. And I'm producing DMT with the breath. So I am taking responsibility to how I'm going to produce those hormones. Oxytocin, serotonin, they can be hacked and they can be produced. So now all of a sudden, I'm not relying on how people, how many people come to my workshops, what's happening in my bed, what's happening in my workshops and my bank account to be happy. It's an inside job. 
And that's a place of freedom where you no longer care. You no longer care about anything. You don't care about what people think about you. You are not being attached to it. It's okay. People are going through what they're going through. And of course, you're listening and you're curious. And if you're getting triggered, you see, okay, which part of me is getting triggered? Why do I? Because everybody loves, needs approval. And when we are being criticized, it's not easy. But if you can just be playful with it and curious and not take everything personal, it's, it's, it brings a lot of peace and inner peace. And so well, yeah. well, what, I'm, what I'm really hearing from all that is actually like doing these practices allows you to put you in a state, a physiological state that then you have more capacity to respond to your environment rather than react to it. Um, and that's a very empowering way to live your life. And when you're living your life in authorship, and rather than victimship, then you are able to um, make conscious choices about how you live your life. And that's going to connect you more with joy and ultimately more with health. Now, I really want to touch on the ice bath before we finish this conversation. Um, And yeah, because we, I think we've all heard that, you know, getting into an ice bath is this sort of uh, super, super turbocharge for your immune system. Um, can you really explain to us why ice bath is such a powerful way to hack the machine, as it were? Yeah, I mean, it's really like your if you want your your phone to operate well, sometimes you need to clean the system. And we do that with everything. You know, you need to restart the computer from time to time. But we don't do it for ourselves. We don't take care, we don't take care of our of our soul. We don't take care of our health. So now the ice. Ice is a great way to break the habits to break the thought patterns. Again, it's forced mindfulness. So let's break it down in a few few key points because I'm sure it's a long video already. Number one, I never want to take an ice bath. And for that, it's important to mention do an ice bath every day. Because if you take an ice bath every day, you're going to lose on the challenge of taking an ice bath. It's going to become easy and you're going to waste something. So for me, I do it maximum three times a week. Why? Because then it remains a challenge. When I say, okay, now I'm going to go for an ice bath, my whole body says, really, do I have to do this? Um, so the resistance is a big part of it. Why? Because I'm going to break through the resistance and I'm going to the ice bath. And guess what? I'm going to feel the same resistance 100 times in the day when I have to go to a doctor, when I have to speak to a difficult client that is not happy with me, when I have to speak to an ex-partner or I have to have a tough conversation with a kid. We all do hard things. And this is helping me because I'm building that muscle of I can do hard things by just getting into an ice bath. That's pretty cool. Number two, when I'm in the ice bath, I want to get out. So again... I'm developing the muscle, which is when I'm triggered, and most of us, when we're triggered, we run away. It says, I don't want this in my life. You cheated on me, I'm out. Well, is it really about the fact that someone had uh, a natural instinct? We are animals and monogamy is not the tree in our instinct. We have desire for others. Or is it about not feeling good enough? Is it that oh my God, someone else is more worthy than me, you know? So is it really about the other person and how bad they are for what they have done? Or is it about my insecurities that are being brought to the surface, you know? And that's the uninteresting person because once you resolve, once you are resolved with the relationship with the other person, then you can leave the other person. So I'm not saying stay in unhealthy relationships. I'm saying saying stay in the ice bath until you don't need to get out of the ice bath. 
And once you are at peace, once you relax, when you feel, then you consciously get out. But it's a very empowering. It's very empowering when you do that in a relationship. It's very empowering in every aspect of your life. And guess what? We're building that muscle in the ice baths. Pretty cool. So all of a sudden, and that's that's a tough one for people to hear. Triggers are your best teachers. And if you are able to welcome the triggers with joy, says, oh, what am I learning about myself in that moment where I'm angry, when I have resentment, when I want to run away, when I want to fight or flight or fly? If you are developing that ability to just be observing that urge, and that's where you can add the breath, that's where you can add the eyes and just develop that ability to just be curious about yourself. And just having done this myself last week, let me tell you, this is hard. This is hard because when we're in difficult situations or when we're in physical pain, which an ice bath at minus two degrees can definitely induce, you do really want to get out. And it does really take um, the breath um, connection and support from others to help you stay in the discomfort. And so this is really a practice from my very little experience last week of um, being comfortable in the discomfort. How did you put it last week? You said we, we need to learn how to be comfortably uncomfortable. Is that how you put it? Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So and and that's hard because the instinct is to run, is to get out. And that instinct has probably served you really well until now and it has allowed you to survive until now. Um but we are probably no longer at threat from what we previously were. We're no longer children. Um we are adults with much more autonomy. And once we actually are able to feel that we are able to sit with the discomfort, as you said, this builds a muscle that I can do hard things. And this is a really empowering lesson for us all, myself included. And one of the lessons I really can take away from the retreat, the retreat we did is that it, it's, it's a practice which allows us to really experience and embody I am powerful, I can do hard things that we can then translate into all aspects of our life. How do you, you know, how does the ice work physically on our physical bodies? Because those two points that you mentioned before really um, seem to, you know, are really powerful for our mindset and our and our and our self belief. How does it actually work physically? Yeah, um, I think you have you need another eleven weeks for 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 that. There's a lot to to un- unpack there. So so much. When you are getting into an ice bath, you are going to a near-death experience consciously. You know, that's the, the power of the message that you're receiving from the body says, get out because you're, you're going to die. And you produce all the stress hormones. And oxytocin being one of them, the hormone of bonding. And uh, you've experienced it. Uh, and everyone who is doing workshops with me experience it. They are with someone in the ice. You happen to do it with your partner, but the level of connection that people feel and the level of love that they feel for each other for going through that hardship together is amazing. So you produce that that bonding hormone that is so good. That's why we love to to cuddle, to pet a, a dog, an animal. There is, you know, we we like we are, we like to touch, and uh, this this is really how we survive. So it's it's the production of, of of those stress hormones. Dopamine gets us going. It's the hormone of more. So it's it's a fuel of life. So you produce 
you know, adrenaline, oxytocin, dopamine. You also produce cortisol, which is not a, such a great uh, stress hormone, but you get just a spike of it. It's great because it reduces chronic stress. And what is killing people is not so much having acute stress, which is what's happening in the ice bath, but chronic stress. So to the criticism of, you know, yes, you produce a bad stress hormone, but it gives you tools so that you don't experience chronic stress, which is pretty, pretty good. So it's 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 a bit of a of a trade-off. You produce endocannabinoid. So people who like to happy with it, but guess what? You get high on your own supply and people are happy when they come out. They are full of energy, but they're also happy. It produces uh, an, an uh, endocannabinoid is a precursor to ghrelin, so you can be hungry, which is also a good marker of joy and health when you're, you know, everything is working well. It's um, when you come out of the ice bath. Uh, one of the other things that I love about the ice bath is when you come out of the ice bath, you experience something called the after drop, when all of a sudden your body temperature drops and you start to shiver in an uncontrollable way if you stayed long enough, if it's cold outside, for many, many, many reasons. And guess what? You get to experience probably the most important lessons that you need to learn in your life, which is that it's okay not to be okay. Because life, things happen, you know? Um, shit happens. You get sick, people die. Accidents. But we're not trained, we're not educated, we're not prepared to not be okay. We've been told to suppress our emotions. But just being a, a, for a moment in a place where, you know what? I don't think I'm okay. I, if I don't hit my body, I think I could die. And staying that, staying with the fact that you're not okay. And all of a sudden, usually emotions come. And that's also forced mindfulness. All of a sudden, you, this physical pain and that fear gets you to access something much more repressed, much more suppressed in your emotions. And, you know, you don't always know what they are. They've just been buried gen for generations or past lives, if you believe in that. And so much to unpack there. But basically, you need to make the space for it. And I love the eyes for that. After that, the ice is used in fitness, reduce inflammation. It's used in cold countries to prepare, uh, use brown fat to prepare for the cold. The more you take ice baths, the less you will feel cold. It's a precursor to uh, burning fuel to maintain the body temperature. So it's a great way to burn white fat. So it's a practice for weight loss. Guys, breath work and ice baths are amazing. And they answer so many questions and maybe just to finish people are always thinking i want answers i want answers and maybe you come to this call looking for answers that's the easy part you could have done all that and everything i said you can find it on google and youtube the hard part is to find the right questions and that's what you in the in the breath and at the ice you get to find the right questions and it's not that it's, it's actually moving away from the need to fix and it's actually allowing us to not know, you know, there's so much, there, life has mystery. We, um, but we can be so uncomfortable with that, that we want to fix what we, what we think is wrong rather than accepting that there is ambiguity, uncertainty, um, periods of time where we, yeah, we, we just don't know. So, Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge about, you know, what I'm really hearing from the power of the breath and the power of the ice. These, these practices really pull us into presence and bring ourselves in closer to connection to who we who really are we hear the voice of our ego trying to get us out of difficult situations not putting us into difficult situations and it's this disconnection from self um that can lead to so much dis-ease and so they're really really powerful practices that work body mind and soul um so truly holistic safe and largely accessible, um, which is also a beautiful benefit to to these to these practices. So, Alex, tell us. You mentioned a few programs that you've got 
running, you've got some, you've got breathwork facilitation, you've got online courses. How can people take this study and curiosity and interest further? Thank you for asking what I offer. I have an online course. I think it's an amazing one. It took me three years to do it. Uh, 30% of the proceeds go to uh, my social work, working with prisoners and soon with schools as well. Um, 30% also goes back to people that recommend it. So you can tell your friends and you also get 30%. I want to spread those modalities, hence the financial model, because I think that people need to get something out of it. That's just human nature. So tell your friends with a special code and you get 30%. And it's a $485 course. So it's not a cheap course, but it's a great value for money course. People get out of it with really, I care. And you can feel it through the whole, uh, actually 12 weeks that the training, because there is a bonus week. So yeah, you, you, you feel it and you really transform your life. Watch the testimonials from it. So yeah, it's an investment but uh, it's self-paced. People receive an email every week. So it's digestible. It's not overwhelming. You get them for life. And yeah, we break it down and you get tools to sleep better, digest better, have better sex and better connection in my life and all the things. And it's done without taboo, just simply, simply shared. I also do facilitator training. It's a three weeks full transformational experience. People come out of the other side, they change their clothes, they change their career. It's 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 a very, because once you access some kind of the true self, all of a sudden your life makes sense and then you 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 pivot a lot. So that's that's the that and the next one is in May and then after that in August. So get in touch and then I do short trainings that the one you experience uh, regularly um in different parts of the world uh but often in bali i was going to say and often in bali and i have to just uh say that alex lives in the most incredible house in bali so it's if you're looking for any sort of nudge to get you on holiday to bali um you know book book a a two-day workshop with alex and get to see one of the most beautiful parts of ubud that um i have seen so um yeah i mean it's a great excuse for a holiday isn't it and uh yeah it's beautiful beautiful location in the world so Thank you so much. And um, I'll put all of Alex's details in the show notes so you can reach out to him and um, and access any of those trainings that sound um, intriguing to you. Thank you so much, Alex, for your time and your wisdom. Thank you. And guys, don't be afraid to die. Be afraid not to live. All right. See you, everyone. Thank you for listening, Body, Mind, Soul Seekers. If you want to connect with trusted alternative therapists, learn more about what they do and how they can help you, check out my new holistic healthcare platform, The Witchy Women. Or if you are a holistic healer that wants to serve and help more people, book in a discovery call with me. Find more details at thewitchywomen.com. To show your support for this podcast, please share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does make a difference. Thank you all so much. Until next time.